Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 68 of What The F Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Morgan, and today we're going to talk all about going from time management to time owning. I am so excited to have this conversation because there's a huge difference of us just managing our time versus owning our time. And to help us learn all about this, I've brought my really good friend, Francesca Phillips, back onto the show. Now, Francesca is from FrancescaPhillips.co. She's an entrepreneur, a time optimization strategist, and copywriter. And she is my saving grace in my life and business. And I'm not kidding. Francesca personally coaches me on my time owning or time optimization, as she would call it. And it has made the biggest difference in my personal life and my business. So for the past several months, Francesca I have actually been preparing for this episode because I really wanted her to coach me through her process so that we could better explain it to you guys so that you can apply it in your own business. Because trust me, her strategies make all the difference. You'll feel like you have a clear plan in place, clarity, which will then give you confidence to take massive action in your business. We talk all about this in today's episode. She even introduces us to what battleboarding is, which is a concept that she learned from Brendan Bouchard and his coaching group that she's a part of. And let me tell you guys, this stuff is so amazing. And it's such a perfect time to hear this episode right before the new year as we're all planning out our new goals and tactics for our businesses. So tune in, get ready to take notes. You're going to want to listen to this one a few times because there's so much goodness in here. So let's go into today's show and learn from the pro Francesca Phillips. You're listening to What The F Podcast, where we believe in showing up for yourself and your dreams, even if you don't know what the F you're doing yet. Fake it till you make it is our style. Fashion designer and entrepreneur Taylor Morgan knows what it feels like to say, screw it, I'm doing this. Despite the odds, which is exactly what she said when she started her fashion-forward activewear company, Cove, and this podcast. The truth is, we're all just figuring it out as we go, and that's absolutely fine. The important thing is showing up for yourself. Here, you'll get the pep talk you need to keep going. Learn how to truly believe in yourself and be inspired by other entrepreneurs and their amazing stories. If you're ready to stop wishing and start doing, this is your show. Consider your host, Taylor, your new BFF and your biggest fan. Now, here's your host, fashion designer, fresh flower addict, and dog lover, Taylor Morgan. Welcome to the show again, Francesca. Thank you so much for coming back on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you on. I think this is like the most I've ever prepared for an episode because leading up to this, you and I decided that you were actually going to coach me through this for a few weeks before we even discussed this topic with the listeners so that we could really give them like firsthand experience from me, like figuring this out and learning how to like time own and not just time manage. And so there's been a lot of prep work and like behind the scenes for this episode. So I'm so excited to share with everyone what we've been working on and the things you've been teaching me. So thank you again for taking the time, not just today, but the weeks leading up to this, um, to share this with everyone and how they really can start owning their time as we're going to focus on today. So thank you. Yeah, of course. 
So I know you've been on here before, Francesca, and in the intro to the show, I explained who you are briefly, but in your own words, can you tell us who the wonderful Francesca Phillips is? I, first and foremost, am a divine daughter of God. That's something this year that I've been putting first and foremost as something that I identify with, or um, I guess from past episodes and things we've talked about, not having an identity in anything, but like your divine being. So I really believe in that. And otherwise, I am a copywriter and a writer. And I also coach people on time optimization. And I'm a speaker and a few other things. But that's really what I'm focusing on now. That's amazing. So we're going to focus on you have many talents. And I will like praise you all day long because I love so many things about you. But we're going to specifically focus on your time owning skills today. So let's let's talk about time. Now, it's a tricky thing to manage time just as a human being, but especially when we become an entrepreneur and we're calling all of our own shots and juggling a, mi- a million different job tasks. Like it's next level <laughs> when that happens. And I know, Francesca, that you hate the phrase time management. You like to help entrepreneurs own their time rather than manage their time. So can you tell us what the difference is between time management and time owning? Yes, I love everything that you said, because it's so true that all of a sudden when you're an entrepreneur and you don't work for someone else, it's hard to have that sense of uh, stability or a foundation for your work and your uh, life in general. And a lot of entrepreneurs I work with either work from home or they work, you know, in this, they don't have that support system they did before. And they often suffer from decision fatigue, wondering how to make the most use of their time. And so the first thing I like to explain is that time management means that you are a victim to and a reactor to everything in your life. Because when you think of a people manager or like an apartment manager, like they have to manage different situations and people and it's not their choice what's happening. So when you think of managing your time, you're essentially saying, oh, okay, I'm just going to manage whatever is coming my way. And it's kind of like a more passive way of looking at it. You are supposed to be a deliberate creator and a deliberate decision maker. And someone who is those things owns their time and owning your time is getting ahead of those things that may demand your attention or your energy, whether it's family, whether it's clients or team members or whatever the case may be, you have to drive the train in a deliberate forward thinking manner. And by owning your time, that means that you see all of the things that could potentially disrupt your day or demand your time, but you know, the most important big picture day-to-day things that need to happen. And you only allow those things to move the needle forward. So I hope I'm explaining that correctly, but it's basically you just have to own your time and and not react to it. Okay, I've worked with you for many years and you've coached me for a very long time now and you still just blew my mind with that explanation. I thought that was perfect. Like, I love how you said, like when you're time managing, you're just reacting, right? Rather than I'm owning, you're taking that initiative and setting the tone for this is what my schedule is and these are my boundaries. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's about creating those boundaries. And it's, you know, a lot of us get in the habit of being reactive and, and letting things 
dictate how our day is going or like, you know, you're on the, maybe you're on the right track, but then something comes up and then you let it like completely derail you. And that's all you focus on. But it's like ownership is like, these are the boundaries. This is what I've created for today. And unless the house is on fire or someone got in an accident, then it doesn't need to disrupt where I'm going. Absolutely. And it, I mean, this principle that you're talking about here with time management versus time owning, it's the same thing like I always talk about on the show. And I know you and I have talked about this just like in our normal everyday like conversations as friends is just making that decision like today is going to be a good day. Like I'm going to make sure I think positive thoughts, which is why like I always preach about like priming your mind in the morning and having a good morning routine. I know you're really big on those things too. Um, it's just you know, realizing like we are the creators of our lives, right? Absolutely. A hundred percent. And I don't know if it started from when we were kids and we were just used to being told what to do or, I mean, obviously there's probably whole science behind it, but now is the time to really change and shift your mindset. And of course, habits is a huge part of it. Like the reason why I can own my time now is because I started with my habits and a morning routine is absolutely the first thing that changed it all. And then having different like systems and habits set up throughout the day. So you're not constantly having to fight everything. And then eventually, like once you do get into that mindset of like, okay, I'm owning my time. I'm not going to react to everything that comes my way. These are the systems that I have that I'm going to set up things will fall into place and you'll start to feel like things will build momentum. And even though at first it's really hard, you might resist and other people might resist. But in the long long run, it's way better to be proactive in those things. Okay, now that we know what time owning is, how can we apply this principle in our life so that we don't lose our sanity as entrepreneurs and get things done? It's a great question because I definitely can feel... For so many entrepreneurs out there who you have so many things to do, right? And especially if you don't have a team built out yet. And even when you do have a team built, you often have so many things on a list that you have to do. And then you have family and you have all these other things. So the first thing I like to help clients, like how I helped you, is once you understand the difference between management and ownership... I like you to realize how much you context switch throughout the week. So, and this leads into the idea of theme days, but first, what are context, what's context switching, right? So on any given Monday or Tuesday, maybe you answer emails, maybe you have to update your VA on something, and then you switch over to social media, and then you switch over to writing a blog post, and then you switch over to doing the laundry, and then you like keep switching all these different contexts. And I know I'm going to sound like a broken record, but you hear about how online, how people are like, oh, if you are focused on something and you lose your focus, then it takes 25 minutes to get back into it, whatever. And that is true. It is true. It takes so long to get back into a focus. And so the idea is keep similar tasks and brain functions on the same day. It's very much like batching, but on a bigger scale. So like batching could be like, oh, I record, you know, five episodes in a row or like all of my interviews happen on one day. But for someone maybe who doesn't have a podcast or just in general, you, so for example, like I do my client days on Monday, Wednesday. So Monday and Wednesday, I only do things pertaining to clients. I focus on their work, on responding to emails, on updating on projects, all those things. 
And then having other days where like maybe on one day, it's only marketing tasks. So that's when you do your strategy. That's when you're in like an, a strategized, efficient mindset. And so you crank out like, what are my blog posts going to look like? What are the topics I'm going to cover? Like, what are the social media posts that I want to make? And then maybe that's the day that you are on podcast or like, there's different things that can fall under that, right? And then maybe another day is when you actually write all of your content. So it's like, I know for myself, my brain is in a different mindset when I'm writing blog posts and emails and other things that actually have text to them versus graphics and strategy and like all those other things. Like they're completely different parts of my brain and different moods and different everything. So I always encourage people I work with to think, okay, what are the tasks that I'm doing on a day-to-day basis? And when I first started this, I actually wrote down everything that I did in a given day, even if it was like, take a 10 minute break to read a book or like every little thing, you just write it down for one week. And then at the end of the week, you can look at, wow, I tend to do these type of tasks on this day or, oh my gosh, like Monday, it was just chaos. And I actually felt pretty crappy that day. So you just kind of look at what your habits are now. And then the goal is to set up a structure for yourself and only allow certain tasks on certain days. So then you avoid context switching. I know that I personally have wasted so much time context switching, um, going from like emails to social media to content creation to whatever in one day. And you know, I'm super guilty of that in the past and I'm still working on it. Um, and it, it just, it does like it makes things so messy and just not efficient. Cause like you're saying just now, like the energy it takes for us to just like mentally switch from each different thing to the other. It's like, it's overwhelming. And, it, and just for me personally, I'm sh- sure someone listening probably can relate. Just like the emotional energy that goes into it. It's so draining that like, even if I don't actually do a task, I'm still exhausted. Does that make sense? Like, cause I'm just, just the thought of like, oh my gosh, I have to write this blog post or create this podcast. And now I need to answer emails and take care of like admin stuff. Like just the thought of all the switching makes me exhausted. Um, But luckily, you, Francesca, have helped coach me to personally own my time and stop running my days without a plan. And like we were saying earlier, I was time managing and just reacting to like what came at me. And you've really taught me to like, own my days and say, no, this is what it's going to be. And like you were touching on it just now. kind of like theming your days. And that's something that's been really big for me that you've taught me of for owning my time is like setting those boundaries for myself so I can stick to my theme day. So let's explain to everyone listening what theme days are. Um, If you could just explain that more in detail. And because that for me has been really huge. And as you know, I kind of fought it at first, but (laughs) you just (laughs) explain in real simple terms, like the theme days and how it helps us to not context switch. Absolutely. And I love a few of the things that you said about how it's emotionally draining to switch things. And I love that you said that because I often try to remind people that by creating these boundaries, you are actually serving your highest self. You are actually serving the energy that you know you have that you are capable of creating and doing these things that you want to do. Because by creating these boundaries, you are protecting your energy. And that is something. I have learned like in huge amounts this year is how many ways I'm leaking my energy. We only have so much of it. And I realized, oh my gosh, like I'm saying yes to too many things or I'm 
doing things that I don't really want to do, but I force myself to. And so that drains my energy. And I just realized, oh my gosh, like we have to be the greatest stewards and protectors of our energy because when it's, when you actually like um, pinpoint where your energy is going and you have like a deliberate direct place that you want it to go, it's 10 times more powerful. So basically theme days helps you 10 times your productivity, 10 times your energy and actually use and funnel your energy in a more powerful way. So essentially you are not only creating boundaries for yourself, but you're also creating it for others around you that you deal with on a daily basis. And like you said, you fought back against it, which I did too. And, and, you know, I have a way that I taught you where you can keep track of how often you stay on your theme days, but it does, it feels like resistant at first. Cause that's our ego. It doesn't want to change. It likes the drama of the emotions. It likes the way that we've done things before, but it's just a matter of trusting yourself and trusting that you can, you know, embrace this change and allow it to work in your life. And so by creating these boundaries, people, believe it or not, they like being told not what to do, but they like feeling like there's a structure. So like with my clients, I stick pretty hard and fast to like Monday, Wednesday, and then I usually work on some Saturdays. But like when I, you know, say when things are due, they love that I have a process and a structure and they actually enjoy the fact that I have such a great way of setting up my time. And then they often will ask me for like advice on stuff like that, because I just let things plug into my life. And there are some people who resist even still. And I'm like, well, then we shouldn't be working together. And this is not going to work for me or for you. And like, it's just basically giving you the freedom to know what's meant for you, what's not meant for you. And every day that has a purpose and a point to it, you literally can just trust that things are going to get done. So like going back to what you said about how, you know, even when you're doing other things, you're wasting energy thinking about the things you're not doing. And so it's, um, I think we were talking about how like we give, we give ourselves days off, like over the weekend, you and I both, which is so funny. We both were like, yeah, we, we gave each other, we gave time off on the weekend, but I was thinking about all the things I didn't get done. So I might as well have worked anyway. Cause the energy. Yeah. Or like we were, yeah, we were talking about the other, the other day when we were saying like, you, and I'm sure people can relate to this who are listening where let's say it's a Saturday and you'll be like, okay, I have to write like this blog post today at some point today. Right. And then you go about your Saturday doing whatever you have to do. And then the whole day, you know you have to work at some point. So it's like kind of not that fun of a Saturday because in the back of your mind, you're like, I have to do some work, whatever the work is. Okay. It doesn't have to be a blog post. But if you know you have to work at some point, there's an energy that's like heavy, where like, oh, I have to work and it's my weekend and this sucks. And then more often than not, I don't even get to the work. And so I've spent my entire quote unquote day off thinking about how I should work and then I didn't work. And then I feel even worse because <laughs> I didn't get to the, the task, right? <laughs> so I'm like, well, might as well have worked all day. Yeah, exactly. Because I technically did with the energy I just used on that. Yeah, like no. emotionally, you were there. So, okay, I do have a question. So, let, going to these theme days of what you're talking about here, you're, you've explained really well to us like why you want them and how it helps us. But like literally like, what is it? Like, what does it look like? Break down for me, like a Monday through Friday scheme. Like, what do you call them? How does it look? Yeah, for sure. So basically I actually have them as an all day event on my calendar recurring every month. 
So I, I use a written planner as well, though. So I have it in my planner at the top, what theme, so like what purpose that day serves. And then I have it on my Google Doc calendar recurring. So let's, let's tell everyone what mine is to just to give like yes. um, a yeah, real life yeah. example so that they can see how you helped me get there. Yeah, I actually was trying to pull it up right now. Let me see. Because I was thinking that too. Okay. Um, so we have Marketing Monday. Yes. Okay. So for you, we did Marketing Monday. So every Monday, anything. And just really quick before you go, as a disclaimer for everyone listening, you totally get to decide what Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is for you. Francesca and I are going to give examples. Like my theme days are different from Francesca's. Like we both have client work and you'll see both of our client days are different. It doesn't matter as long as you pick what works for you. So for me personally, I like marketing Mondays, but for Francesca, you do client Mondays, right? Yes, exactly. So like that didn't work for me. Like I needed my Monday for me. So that's what worked for me, but the other way worked for her. So there's no right or wrong, right? It's just whatever you prefer. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can tell them like what a marketing Monday is. Perfect. Yeah. So a marketing for you, marketing Monday is basically anything that involves, like I said, marketing. And so things that you could do on like a marketing day is basically anything strategy related. So if you want to fill later or your plan app or whatever you use to schedule the post ahead of time, you can develop your marketing plan you can work on freebies, landing pages, funnels, website, uh, writing a sales page, writing email marketing campaigns, or like strategizing for it. You can use that day to create webinars, pitch webinars, um, execute on list building or like other kinds of strategies, setting up a podcast or like taking interviews on a podcast. So it's basically just like the hardcore things that. Now with the podcasting though, just to clarify for those listening, are you creating content for the podcast or recording or what does that look like? That, I guess it depends on what side it is. So like for me, today's marketing, it's like you're emailing potential guests or setting that side up, but you're not content creation. Like there's no content creating. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a good day. Like if you were to be on other podcasts. Like you could totally like I could go be a guest on someone's show that day, but like I'm not going to be recording my own show. I'm not going to have guests coming on my show. Like I'm like maybe anything marketing related. So I know that might sound really simple. I just really want to like make it super, super clear to everyone listening though, because it sounds simple. But then when it gets down to the nitty gritty, you're like, wait, no, I, I have to like outline this show or I have to do this other thing. And that's if you don't stick to the themes, it really doesn't serve you. And then you go back to time managing. So I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, no, you that was great. No, you're exactly right. It's more of like supporting the marketing initiatives and things that will support and run and move forward the content that you'll create later. Okay. So that's like a marketing Monday. And these again, you guys, for those listening, these are just examples. This is not everything under the sun, but it's just anything to market your brand and business. Absolutely. Okay. So then uh, Tuesday could be like a client like for me I'm doing client work now um for those listening I'm taking on like design clients whether that's like I'm helping people with fashion design and like designing for other clothing labels or doing interior design projects or any type like I do energy clearing like those are my days to do that 
So Francesca, and you take on clients too. So why don't you explain like what a client day looks like? Yeah. Because not everyone's going to have this part. Like you might not have client work in your business, but for those who do. Yeah, absolutely. So definitely what you said was great. And for just a general like overview, this is a day like the first client, like for me, client Monday, that's when I'll like reply to requests that I've been putting off or like research for client projects or reviews or upselling or putting surveys together and doing other types of research, follow-ups, like basically anything related to client work. And that's or even the, like getting new clients and all of that. Yeah. You could do cold outreach, referral emails. Um, yeah, that definitely works. And one thing you mentioned earlier, um, you were talking about like how people actually respond to the structure you have when you stick to your theme days. And I just wanted to like kind of echo that because it's so true. Cause like recently I'm taking on this bigger design client who wants me to design a lot of stuff for them. And they know that I also have my own Taylor Morgan brand with my podcast and all the things that go into that. Right. And so they were asking me when they were hiring me, they're like, you know, do you even have time to take me on? Right. Because they want me to do all these things. And I was like, absolutely. Like I have set days aside for you, like Tuesday and Thursday and half a Friday between these hours, you know that you have my full attention. Otherwise, you can't get a hold of me. And like, and they love it because like you said, like they know I'm not telling them what to do. They just know when I'm available for them. And when I am available, I'm fully present. Like I'm not multitasking. I'm not like, oh, I only have this hour for you. No, I had the entire day for you should you hire me for that. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I got like chills when you said that because I'm like, yes. And like, you sound so confident and like powerful as you say that. And that's another reason why these are so great because you can be confident. Mm -hmm. Because People respond better to it because there's a plan in place. It's not like willy nilly all over the place, right? It's just like, these are the days. This is how we're going to be efficient. And it's just, it's so much better. And I think in general, that's like a huge... So I'm going on a tangent here for a second, but hang with me. But this is a huge reason I wanted to do this episode is because I know as an entrepreneur, we can struggle with all the freedom. It's like a great thing and like also a curse, right? Because it's like you have all this time on your hands now as you're trying to build your brand and business. But you also, like you said earlier in the show, we don't have those other people around us to tell us what to do or when to do it. And then there can almost be like, it almost like hurts you like when you almost have too much time because you're like, wait, I don't know what to do. And I, I just want to be told what to do. Or like you said earlier, decision fatigue. And I can like totally relate to that. You know, so having these theme days really reels us back in as a creatives and say, like gives us that structure that I think a lot of us are longing for. Absolutely. And it also stakes your claim as a business owner. This is something that I know people who consider themselves freelancers or like people who are like, oh, I want to like, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. Or they're kind of like unsure. This helps you to really take it seriously because I feel like so many people think they're freelancers or like that term just in general. I don't like it because the connotation behind it sometimes is not that great, but it's like you are a business owner. The only way you can 10 times your revenue, the only way you can 10 times your productivities by having these systems in place and really taking seriously how your time is spent. And like you said, your clients will love that because they can depend on you, they can rely on you, and they take you seriously when you take your time seriously. 
Like if I could just help every single person not take jobs that they just take because they think that there's not another one coming or like for every person who, you know what I mean? Like I just, it breaks my heart because it's like, no, you are a business owner and these kinds of tools will help you get that confidence and really stake your claim as a true business owner and to act like one. Absolutely. So, okay, we've done Marketing Monday. We have Client Tuesdays. Then what's maybe like a Wednesday look like? For your Wednesday, we did Content Day. And that's when more of the writing happens. So writing your next blog post or... If you have like a cornerstone article you want to create, you can do research for that because you know you're going to be writing it. Um, that's when you can plan. Like if the, now we're going to your podcast. So not you being an interview, but like you wanting to interview other people and like planning the outlines and the content for that, you know, writing an ebook or creating content for like a presentation or like something like that. Or it could be... What anything. about like Instagram? Like, would this be a good day for people to like maybe plan their social media posts and Facebook posts and all those things? Not plan, but to write. But like execute. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your marketing Tuesday, you would have been like, okay, this is the strategy and the plan. And then... Or for me, marketing podcast. Monday. So like on Monday, I would have like maybe mapped out what I wanted to post on Instagram, but like not actually write the captions or take the photos. But like on Wednesday, then I would actually execute those captions. Yep, absolutely. Okay, And that was like hard for me to conceptualize for a while. I know that sounds really simple. But yeah, really like letting one day be the mapping out and then the other day just straight execution. So you know what to execute, which also helps with like your energy and brain power, right? Because you're not trying to be like, wait, what am I doing? Okay, now I also have to accomplish it, right? Yep. Absolutely. You got it. It's perfect. I'm getting there. <laughs> I still feel very new to this. By the way, I probably should say that this a lot of this is inspired by Joanna Weba. She's an amazing copywriter. And I meant to say it earlier, but she's like someone who planted that seed in me about the theme days and it just like clicked with me. And so she's like a genius and I love her. So anyways. I love that. Where can people find her if they want to check her out? Copyhackers.com. That's her blog. And then from there, you can see like all the other things she's doing. That's awesome. Okay. So we've got marketing Monday, client days, if you have clients, um, content day, and maybe if you don't have clients, you could bump in another marketing or content day or something, right? Yeah. Or like I picked a learning day. So like for me, I leave Saturday as also a work day. Um, but like Freedom Friday is something that I love. And I think we did that for you too. Like half of the day is client day for you. But like Freedom Friday is like basically when you do like all the ticky tack things that don't really fit into like other theme days or that just aren't as important, but you know, they have to get done eventually. So like, that's the day that I like, I'm going to start HoneyBook. And so that's the day that I would set that up. Or that's when I would hire a VA or like, do some housekeeping. Could it maybe be like personal things too? Like, you know, like, for example, like, this is a personal example for me, but like, I know I need to go open, like a new LLC. Now that I'm doing like freelance design work, and I need to open a new bank account. So maybe that would be on my Freedom Friday. Absolutely. Because according to Joanna Weba, it's to set yourself up to enjoy freedom and enjoy it. So basically, it's all the things that would make your life easier and give you more freedom. So like, yeah, having the bank account, setting up, uh, you know, a, a new system or a new pro- program or like onboarding a new team member or just doing things to make it efficient and to run smoother is basically. So what point. if like, like one of my things on my to-do list is I know that, and they're actually a sponsor of the show is Meet Egger. And it's like this awesome social media 
platform automation program. And I know I need to like really get in there and really start executing it. Would I put that on a Freedom Friday or is that like a Marketing Monday? If you're signing up for it and setting it up to integrate with things, that would be Freedom Friday. But if you're actually like creating the marketing plan or like putting pictures in there, then that would be a Marketing Tuesday. Got it. Okay. So anything like new would be like on a Freedom Friday, anything personal, if you needed to like clean the house or do whatever, if that's Freedom Friday. So let's review. Monday, like for me, is Marketing Monday. Tuesday is Client Tuesday. Wednesday is Content Wednesday. Thursday's client work. Friday, I do a mixture. I do half of the morning client work and half the second half of my day is Freedom Friday. Um, and then we call Saturdays and Sundays Sanity Saturday and Saturday, Sanity Sunday. Sorry, that was a mouthful. Now, for you, give them just a quick rundown of what yours looks like just so they, they can hear the difference. Sure. So I do client work on Monday, Wednesdays. Tuesdays are my marketing days. Content is Thursday. Freedom Friday is Friday. And then Saturday is my learning day. So that's when like all of the newsletters that I wanted to read or articles or different things or like courses and stuff. That's like I tend to do it Saturday. But honestly, I haven't been doing it for like the last month. But then Sunday is my sanity Sunday. And so that's like complete freedom, like have no responsibility involving work and just kind of like be a human, more of a human that day. <laughs> so on Saturday, are you like working or is it more just like I'm expanding my mind? I like to learn. This is for me. Yeah, I do work if I have really tight deadlines with clients and I didn't get it done Monday, Wednesday. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I like to be like, okay, what can I learn today? How can I think differently or how can I improve a skill? Or yeah, it's basically expanding your mind. And are you doing that like all day or is it just for a few hours and then you go enjoy your Saturday? Um, I think, yeah, it's honestly just for like however long I feel I want and then I enjoy my Saturday. I like that. I like to point that out because it's like balance, right? And for those listening, I don't want them to feel like, oh my gosh, she's so perfect and has this perfect schedule and she never has fun and I should never have fun, right? No, exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing is there's a balance because there are some times where I really go off the the rails there and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I took too much time and I could have gotten so much more done. And then there's other times where like I over schedule and I overdo things. So yeah, it's totally having that balance. And the biggest thing I'm learning as well is don't let your habits mask your creativity or like your connection to your intuition. So if at any point you feel burnt out or overwhelmed or all those things, it's okay to take a step back and either readjust what days go where or what actually fulfills you and then just keep trying, like keep adjusting, keep working on it until you get the perfect mix of everything. I'm really glad that you pointed that out because I know there's been many times like as you've been coaching me and like really kind of keeping an eye on me closely, thankfully, because I need it. I've like texted you and I've been like, I need a mental day. I can't today. And you're like, just that's fine. Like go have your mental health day or, you know, go do what you need to do to like get your sanity back. Like, cause and again, that goes back to listening to your intuition because you at the end of the day have to listen to that because you'll know when something's off and it's okay to, like you were saying, go off the plan for a day and then just bounce back when you're ready. Absolutely. And moments like that, they're indicators. They're just communicating to you that either I've overscheduled myself or what I'm doing is not what I actually want to do, or I'm just tired. And like you said, I just need a mental day. Like it's just an indicator. And if you can be patient and loving with ourselves and just 
see it for what it is. And then, you know, there are some days though, where I'm like, I want to just lay on the couch and not do anything. And then I ask myself, okay, why? And then I don't really have a good reason why. So I'm like, okay, that's resistance. And so I force myself to work anyway, because you also have to do those as well. Yes, absolutely. Another great way to spread the word about your brand and business is through cute branded products. Not only do branded products bring brand awareness, but more importantly, it's a great way to connect with your clients and build community offline. You know, when someone in your life leaves you a cute little note or posted somewhere that says thinking of you or keep up the good work. That's how I feel about a good branded product when I see it. They're like our little love notes to our clients to keep going. Who doesn't love a good coffee mug with something inspirational on it? I hoard coffee mugs just for that reason. I love a good pick me up when I look at it. I'm currently working on cute coffee mugs and water bottles right now for you, my listeners, so that you have a sweet reminder to keep showing up for yourself and your dreams. But branded products don't end at just coffee mugs and water bottles. The possibilities are endless. And a company I love to make these products on is anypromo.com. On anypromo.com, you can create so many different types of products to stay connected with your clients from coffee mugs, water bottles, custom stationery, sweatshirts, beanies, pens, the list goes on and on. And even if you don't own a business, you can still use anypromo.com for a party you're throwing. Or if you're a bride to be like me, you can make stuff for your wedding or bachelorette party. I know in the new year, I'm going to be using anypromo.com both for work and my personal life. I think for our wedding, I'm going to have custom shot glasses made and cute custom napkins with fun facts about LJ and I on them. Putting your brand out into the universe creates opportunities and any promo empowers businesses of all sizes to get the power of big branding. Any promo is the most affordable online provider for custom printed apparel wholesale from quality private labels like Bella and Canvas, American Apparel and more. And they even have print quality guaranteed. For whatever branded product you need, check out anypromo.com slash F-E-F-F for some great offers for What The F listeners, including 12% off when you use code WHATTHEF at checkout. That's W-H-A-T-T-H-E-E-F-F at checkout. Let me know what you make on anypromo.com by tagging at what the F podcast on Instagram, and I'll be sure to share your anypromo.com product on my Instagram page. Again, go to anypromo.com slash F for 12% off when you use code what the F at checkout. If you haven't already heard, I'm getting married next fall to my fiance, LJ. We're getting married on this beautiful vineyard that makes you feel like you're in the South of France. And we're so excited to plan our big day. Now that 2020 is almost here, I'm getting ready to kick wedding planning into high gear. I recently discovered Zola to help me with all my wedding planning needs. Thank goodness, because there's so much to do. And I already love Zola for helping me do everything. Let me tell you what I love so much about this company. Zola makes wedding planning easier and less stressful with wedding websites, registry, invites, and a guest list manager all in one place. The free wedding website designs are gorgeous, you guys, and so easy to use. Within minutes, you can create your wedding website with a custom URL. They even have a password protection feature, which I love and am using for our own site. Zola also makes it super easy for your guests to shop your wedding registry right on your site. Zola's registry is actually my personal favorite feature they offer. It's the highest rated registry of all time and rightfully so. You can register for gifts, experiences, and honeymoon funds right on the site. 
You can even add gifts from other stores or sync existing registries. There's free shipping and returns with all your gifts and free and easy exchanges as well. Plus, post-wedding, you will get 20% off whatever is left on your registry for you and your spouse to buy. Lastly, Zola offers beautiful, affordable invites and paper. You can shop for your whole paper suite on Zola, from save the dates to invites and thank yous, all designed to match your wedding website too. How fun is that? They'll help you collect addresses and track online RSVPs with their free guest list manager. Can we just point that out again, that people can RSVP on your site? All right, that actually might be my new favorite feature now that I think about it. Zola has helped 1 million couples get married and they will help you too. Sign up at Zola.com slash what the F today to get your free personalized paper sample. Then use code SAVE50 to get 50% off your save the dates. That's Zola.com slash what the F and promo code SAVE50. So Zola.com slash what the F, that's W H A T T H E E F F, and enter promo code SAVE, S A V E, 550. I want to like kind of simplify this because I'm a very simple thinker. I like things to be really, really simple, as you know. <laughs> That's like one of my favorite words is simple. So um, all of this sounds really great, right? Like we've talked about the concept of owning our time rather than just like time managing and being reactive to what's happening, right? So by owning our time, we can do that by having the theme days in place and those boundaries, right? So that is a, the theme days are like basically a tool to help us own our time, like you were teaching us. Um, but then I think about what I used to ask you in the beginning of all this is like, okay, this all sounds great, Francesca, but you can tell me to own my time. You can tell me to theme my days. But then I'm like, but what the heck do I do on those theme days? Like, even though you tell me it's marketing Monday or, this, that, and the other. The client stuff for me personally is easy because like I know if I'm taking on a fashion design client, I know what that looks like, right? Like that's my easy part. But it's more the marketing stuff, the con the content creation of like just literally physically, what the heck does that look like? Because again, I get decision fatigue as an entrepreneur and I get so tired of making decisions and like not trusting myself that I'm making the best decisions or use of my time that it's like, it's overwhelming, right? Like I feel overwhelmed even just going on this spiel right now. It's like, there's so many things to do. And you could tell me, okay, Taylor, these are like 20 variations of tasks you should do on a Marketing Monday. I still struggle with being like, but still, Francesca, what do I do? Like I want to be told what to do. And I'm still working on this, full disclosure. But one thing you've taught me is that clarity of your big picture goals is the most important step to helping us figure out how to organize our time. So how to literally know what our operating system looks like on those same days and like having a plan in place. Because one thing I really will not do anymore, I am not going to go into a new year 2020, and especially a new decade, which is even more important, just like going from project to project. And the other day when you were coaching me, we were talking about this because I was like, Francesca, when I self-reflect on my past you know, few years of work, I feel like I was just project hopping. I was like, okay, go do this photo shoot for your company and then go you know, do this trade show and then go do this thing, right? It was all project to project to project. 
And I never had like this, even though I knew in the end why I wanted the big goals to be, there was no kind of like plan in place. And so again, going back to I'm I'm getting somewhere, I promise, is you have taught me to have clarity of the big picture and then go backwards. So how do we get clarity of those big picture goals? Um, I'm really excited for you to talk about this because this is something I'm currently working on right now. But fill us in and help me make sense of what I just said. (laughs) For sure. And I just have to say that I loved all of your questions when we were going through the whole process of everything, because you're so like with it and just like willing to learn and like wanting to get there that it's just, I just love hearing you talk about it because you so get it. And like, it really, yeah, I'm excited to see like how things continue to grow from here. But the biggest, and this is because of, okay. So the biggest reason why most entrepreneurs do not get to where they want to go is because of lack of clarity. And that is what Brendan Bouchard teaches in his coaching group. I'm a part of his coaching group. He's a high performance coach and he's had clients like Oprah, presidents, Olympic gold medalists, like everyone you can think of, every kind of caliber of talent. And he has been studying, like actually scientifically been studying the habits of high performers. I think it's been like years and years and he's he's paid different research labs to do these tests like in a legit way. And he's found that among other things, that clarity is a big driver of these high achievers. And so he basically says that if you don't know where you're going in five years, then how can what you're doing from year to year matter? Because if you think about it, like every year, if we think of it singular and on its own, but we don't have like a bigger idea or a bigger picture to have it contribute to, then we're just going to feel like we're running in a circle getting nowhere. And so basically, and I know this is hard for some people because sometimes you're in a situation in life where like, I can't even think like a month in advance, much less five years. But I know, and I think even when we started, you were like, I don't know how to think five years ahead from now, right now. But the first thing I would suggest is thinking of the feeling that you want to have or like the there's there's something that you you have to have imagined yourself having in five years or even if you just give yourself the stillness to think about it you can think of something and so basically I challenge people and if you can't do five years you can do three years if if it scares you but what in the next five years what is the result that I would love to see and by result it's like what tangible marker or thing Do I want to see in five years, whether it's my company's making such and such money, or I have three kids and whatever, or like just something that you're like, oh my gosh, this result that I would love. And then from there, you break down every year working backwards from those five years. And you think to yourself, what projects in each of these years should I get up and running and get momentum on that will help drive the whole thing to that end result? And I I don't, I wish I could show like an image of it, but I have a, he gives you, Brenda Bouchard gives you a really cool like visual of how that looks and how to break that down. So like with you, Taylor, I think we figured out, okay, this is the end result that you want. And you know, next year, the like two or three projects that are going to be contributing to and driving you to that end result. And then in 2021, those projects will still be going and running and running. And hopefully by then you'll have 
someone on your team to like help mitigate some of the tasks. But then you're like, okay, in 2021, what other project will help with that? And it's like, you have like a sense of purpose and drive now to something. And so, right. But here's the difference because we are still doing projects, right? Like for me, I didn't want to do 10 years out because that was too overwhelming for me. We, so we cut it down to five years when you and I were doing our coaching stuff. And for me, it wasn't even so specific of like these very literal things I wanted to accomplish. It was more feelings I wanted to accomplish in my life. And I think the older I get, the more I'm chasing like just good feelings <laughs> than like material things, you know, not to say that we don't want those material things or whatever, cause it, they're fun, but like, I care more jo- about just being happy and waking up excited than I do like exactly what that means my job has to look like. You know what I'm saying? So anyways, you and I were like, okay, let's do five-year plan. And then we worked backwards. And then like, for example, for 2020, we came up with, I think... I don't have it in front of me, but I think we have like three main... Actually, hold on. I might have it in front of me. Yes, I do. We came up with... Let's see. One, two three like three big projects not to say this is like the only thing i do all year but like three big like things in my life that will help me reach my goals so i still have projects on the horizon but now i know that these projects i'm doing add up to the bigger picture where before the difference was is i was doing projects as experiments like oh let me try this thing or let me try this thing and see what the result is but i never connected it to the bigger 5 year picture does that make sense yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and, and you said it beautifully. And it's funny because it's like, oh, let me try this thing or oh, let me try that thing. It's like, if you are baking a cake, I know this is the most simplistic example. It's I like, love simplistic. <laughs> there are ingredients that absolutely need to happen to build up to that end result of a cake, right? So if you're just throwing random things and just trying things here and there, the likelihood of you making this amazing tasty cake is probably not going to happen. And so... It's funny because I've also realized like it was a, an aha moment for me because you see so many successful people and I'm sure you could think of a few in your mind where you're like, how do they do that? Or like, how are they able to get to where they're going to go? And I guarantee you they have a five, 10 year plan and that everything they're doing is leading up to that. When I worked in the music industry, it it's funny. It only clicked until now but this really big music manager that I had a conversation with um, on the phone, I asked him at the end of our conversation, like, you've done so many amazing things in music. You are like really super successful. What's next for you? And he started laughing because he's like, my life is like a chess game. I have the next, my, I have my moves mapped out for the next 20 years. And he's like, and you're not going to know what's going to hit you until it hits you. And I remember being like, that's so cool. That's so cool. But it's only now that I'm like, oh my gosh, he has big goals and plans and things happening that he's projecting into his future. And everything he's doing is strategically and intentionally aligned with that result. And it's been six years now since that conversation. And I've seen huge, massive movements from this person. And I'm like, ah, that's probably what he was talking about five years ago. You know what I mean? Okay. So what do you say to the person that hears that though? And they're like, okay, but how in the heck can you know what it's going to look like 10 years, 20 years from now? You know what I'm saying? And even like with the five-year plan, like, do we have to be flexible on things shifting? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. Yep. I'm so glad you brought that up because 
I know when we were making yours as well, it was kind of hard to be like, oh, but, but what if this? What if that? It's like, no, this is all flexible. And which is why um, I, Brenda Bouchard recommends getting a whiteboard because eventually. Oh, let's you- talk about the whiteboard. Let's yeah, talk about that. I know. And by the way, I love the messages and videos that I've gotten from you about yours and how excited you are. Like you literally <laughs> make my life seeing like you do this. So basically, okay. So first of all, yes, if you make your five-year plan, it is total, totally editable. Or any year plan. It could be 20, 10, 5, doesn't matter. Absolutely. Because the whole point is just to get yourself going. Because you ultimately won't know what works or doesn't work for you, but you pivot along the way. So like you have a plan and then as you go, if you genuinely in your heart feel like it is not aligned for you and something else is, then you erase what was there and you just tweak it and you keep, and that's the whole point. Okay. So that don't let me forget to bring up as well that once you have this plan, looking at your goals every single day is the other ingredient that you need to get to where you want to go. So you need clarity of knowing where you want to go and why you're doing what you're doing and what it's going to accomplish. And then you need to look at your goals every single day. Like I have them on my desk because I live in New York City and I don't have a dedicated wall space for a whiteboard. But ideally, now that we've gone through, Taylor, your five-year plan, we put, okay, what are the most important projects to focus on for 2020, knowing now where you want to go, right? So typically what you do is you get a huge whiteboard and then you make boxes for each month of the year. So like for you, you'll have January, February, March, April, May, blah, 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 right? And so in those boxes, you say, okay, this is what I have to do every single month to create a result at the end of this year that I want, right? And so we already know for you, Taylor, what you want to accomplish in 2020. So your thing now is, okay, in January, I need to do this and do this and do this. And you write it down. And it's got to be in a place where you're going to look at it every single day. So that way, when you're sitting at your desk, and you have all these different things wanting your attention, or you are like, you know, not focus, you can look at that board and be like, Oh, yeah, that's right. That's where I'm supposed to go. Because every single successful person and high achiever has some sort of board in their office, in their home, it is there and it is visible for them and their team. That's another thing that Brendan Bouchard said. He's like, every single person that I've walked into their office, if they're a high achiever, they have some sort of board with their goals on it. I'm looking at my five year vision that you and I did together. And it's actually kind of vague, to be honest, <laughs> because like I was mentioning earlier, I think the older I get, the more I care about feelings versus like, I have to be like this specific job title or whatever, whatever, right? Um, so is that wrong? <laughs> so I'm like, looking at this, I'm like, yeah, it's a little, it's a little loose on, on this five-year vision. What are your thoughts, Francesca? No, I don't think it's wrong. I don't think any way is wrong at all. Obviously, the more specific, the better, but you don't want to be so specific that you box yourself in if you end up feeling like you need to change or pivot. So actually, and I think like, that's why I didn't want to do it because I have changed and pivot so much in my personal life and career, especially in the past two years. And those who listen to the podcast know that. So I think because I've had so much change, I've learned that like, I don't want to be too specific. And I really want to focus more on like, why I want the things I think I want, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And you do have some some specific things on there. Because I think there is a time and a place though, for knowing exactly what you want, because we can be distracted to change too much. And I think there's a balance of sticking things out longer than we think we need to. Because I know a lot of 
people who have problems with like sticking it out long enough. So like, just to throw that out there in case, you know what I mean? I don't want people to be like, Oh, well, I have to change this, then it's like, no, there, there are certain times where you do want to stick it out. So it's helpful to know where you want to go. But it's true. You do want to be patient with things, right? And trust the process. And I've talked about that in a few episodes recently. But anyways, I just want to give people an idea, right? Just because like, they're listening to us. I really want to give like actual examples to hopefully help hopefully help them make sense of all the things we're talking about here. So I wasn't planning on doing this, but I'll share. Um, So for my five-year vision of like, where do I want to be in five years? I wrote down, I want to be happy and enjoy what I'm doing, like plain and simple. And then my why that you and I came to is I want to help people feel good and create beautiful things. And those, those are like just things I like. So then we made a list of all the things I'd love to do. I love doing interior and fashion design. I want to build digital courses for people. I want to be an influencer and have speaking gigs. I want my podcast to have over 100 million downloads in five years. I want to write a book to help people. I want to be debt-free. I want to be a millionaire. I want to be building a house, having children, traveling the world, um, buying whatever I want. I want to have a lake house. Like I wrote down all these things, right? And some of those are material um, things, but some of them like I want because at the end of the day, my why I want to help people feel good and create beautiful things. So that was the five year vision. Um, not to say that that's the only things I want in five years from now. Those are just like what Francesca and I did. Um, and then we from there, where do you take it from there? So like once people have like what they want from Francesca, what's your advice to them of where they take it next? So then we figure out how much revenue you want to bring in the next year. And obviously, if I were to work with someone who's like, oh, I want to build a family or like, do something else that's not related to money, it would be a different question. But since we're specifically talking about entrepreneurs, it's like, okay, how much do you want to bring in the next year? And then from there, we break down, okay, for the vision that you have in five years of being an interior fashion designer, having digital courses, being an influencer, doing all these things, which one of those would be the most profitable right now if you started it, or that would be bringing in more money for you once it's built. And so we've picked three to five projects that in the next year would help you move towards that end goal, right? So we landed on the podcast and we broke down, all right, great. So how many downloads per episode would you love to have at the end of this year? And then we broke down like what that meant for ad revenue, what that meant you know, other money wise, and like, we really got specific so that you knew exactly what you needed to aim for. And then we're like, okay, great. And courses, that's something that you would love, because not only would it help people, but it also would be a passive stream of income, which would be great, and you would enjoy making it. So we added that. And then now you're taking clients for design, because you knew that was a, you know, a for sure easy way to start bringing in income, and you you know, are so talented in that. And it just was really aligned with what you wanted to do. So we're like, okay, those sounded, and I think we had a few other ideas before we landed on those three initially, but like, right. But those were like the three after brainstorming that we really landed on. Exactly. And so we're like, that feels great. And that's a great start for this year. And then obviously like in 2021, I think we also did that as well, where it's like, okay, like the other projects we thought of, would you feel better starting them in 2021 while these other three will have been up and running from 2020? And like, you have to think of it too that way. Like 
what other projects will start after this when these ones are up and I don't running. know if we did my 2021, actually. I think we just did my 2020. But I think we might have like verbally just talked yeah, about it. Yeah, we just verbally talked about it. Like, oh, like that project feels better starting after that. And so it kind of frees up your energy because you know you have a it does. for it. There's like so many things that we want to do, right? Like, for example, like I would love to get in, and Francesca knows this, like I would love to eventually do like EFT tapping videos because I love like EFT, which is emotional freedom technique tapping. I'd love to like make videos and put that up on YouTube. But like right now, that's just like not in the cards at the moment because there's other things I need to focus on. But it helps free up my brain space because then I'm not like trying to always fit that in somewhere in my year because I know like it's just not right now. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And that's where the clarity and the deliberate decision making for your time comes in handy because we 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 have we carry so much emotional baggage so much just like a lot of type of things in our minds and so you're allowing yourself the freedom to let go of certain projects because you have a purpose for it later and you know when you can start thinking about it like i'm planning a book and last year all year i was like oh i have to write a book i have to write a book and it just like caused so much stress in my head and then finally i'm like after i did my 5 year plan i was like wait I can just do my book at these months in 2020. And then I already have a plan for when it's happening. And I just immediately felt stress release because I was like, great. There's a moment for it. Like you've, you've dedicated a time. There's a moment for it. Exactly. I love that. Okay. So going back to this, so Francesca and I did the five year, we figure out the why, and then we worked backwards to my 2020. I was like, okay, well, what are the first like three projects you can pick out of like your all the things you want that will help you move to the big five-year plan, right? So for me, it's design consulting, like just doing design work for people. Because the one thing I've learned is like, I enjoy being a designer. I do not enjoy the running of the business of the design side. So I'm stepping back and pivoting and saying, I just want to take on clients where I strictly can be creative, help them with their products, oversee production and pass it off. You know, So that's really fun for me now. And I don't know if I'll do that forever, but for now, this is something I want to do. So that was on the list. As Francesca said, then I have my influencer business, which a huge part of that's this podcast, and then the courses I want to build. But it's interesting because I think the thing I currently I have spent the most of my time on day to day, week to week is this podcast. But when I break down the numbers like Francesca and I did, and again, these are all just projections, I see that the thing that's actually going to make me the most money right now is my design work. So that helps me as a person who we don't want to use the word freelancer, but business owner, right? (laughs) Where we have our own brand and we're doing all these own things. It helps me value that and be like, this is actually important because this is going to help me make the money I need to make to hit the goals I want to hit to pay off my debts to do all these things. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, instead of being like, Oh, it's pulling me away from this part of my job. Like, no, I love this. I get to be creative. I get to have fun. I don't need the headache of the running of the business side of it. And then I can also do my podcast, which is another creative outlet for me. But I see that I need to prioritize it. When you see the numbers, I'm like, oh, I actually do need two and a half, maybe three days a week of design work, right? So it really does help you figure out what the days today's the day to day, sorry, looks like. Do you have anything else you want to add to that, Francesca? Yeah. And I think um, when you get super clear like that, it also lets you know what is a better use of your time. So, I mean, this could be a whole other conversation, but it's like, because you were able to look at the numbers, 
you're like, oh, my time is actually more valuable being spent right now on this design work. And so it was able to help you shift in your mind why you're doing it. And I think it's important that people don't feel pressure to depend on what they ultimately want to build right now for money. So like, you know, when I worked in the music industry, I mixed the need for money with my desire to be an artist. And I ended up resenting and hating music because I mixed the two, right? And so now I'm building a mindfulness brand called The Good Space. And that's something I'm super passionate about. And I do copywriting because I like it and I'm good at it, but it also keeps me in a creative space for the other thing that I want to build from like an intuitive, pure space. You know what I mean? So you're saying like to to having these other like jobs or tasks doesn't put the pressure on the true passion project, right? So like for me, like this podcast is one of my biggest passion projects, but the fact that I am not putting the pressure on it to make money to pay my bills right now because I do these other things allows it the space to be clean and no pressure. And yeah, that's a lesson. Yeah, like you said, that could be a whole other podcast episode. But for those listening, I know I have a lot of listeners who have the day job and a lot of them resent it. So like, oh, I just want to get out of this so I can do my my passions. And I tell people like I do coaching calls with people a lot and I where they they tell me that and I say, listen, it's a perspective shift. Be grateful you have that job that pays your bills so that you are allowed to create this passion project without the pressure of this needs to succeed and it needs to succeed fast or I'm not eating, right? Like that's an entirely different game. And I've been in that game and it's not fun. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that's really good. Um, there was something else I was going to say. Oh, the other thing too that really helps, right? Is like, like for me with this stuff, I in general spend way too much time on content creation and never enough time on marketing. That's a flaw of me personally. So like when Francesca and I did this and we broke down the numbers and I saw like where the podcast is at statistically with downloads, this, that, and the other, and I see how much money it's going to make as it currently sits. I'm like, you know what? This is super motivating for me, someone who doesn't gravitate towards marketing naturally to actually really prioritize marketing because that is going to help the numbers grow. And now I get more excited because it's like, don't be scared of your numbers is what I'm trying to say. Like, Know what those numbers are. I've been a person who's been scared of numbers in the past. And they actually should motivate you not scare you because now I'm like, oh, this is helpful because now I want to prioritize spending time on all those marketing things because it helps my bottom line where I know I'm guilty of just content creating, content creating and never promoting. <laughs> so yeah. And that's great. And honestly, I think this is where a lot of people get hung up. And it's like, the sooner you can just make it happen and sit down and do this, the better. Because I know during Rise Conference, I went um, to Rachel Hollis's conference this year. And it was a lot of the same thing from all these people who are millionaires. It's like, you know, don't quit before, like, keep, keep going and keep doing things you know you need to do consistently. And then they talk about exactly what you just said. It's like, have and I like know your numbers, know where you're going, get super clear and super specific. And it's like, like, I think Rachel Hall said, like 85% of the people there wouldn't even enact the things that they taught there. Like it's a statistic. So many people just hear things and don't act on it. So it's like, you yeah, like it's you have to do it whether you like it or not. Like there's there's always gonna be things that we don't like or enjoy or that we avoid in in the work that we do, but that's just part of resistance. That's part of the instant gratification monkey. It's something that um 
we sent an email on uh, from the good space, my mindfulness brand, but there's like so many things that are going to stop you, but it's knowing your bigger picture and your why that's why you look at your goals every day. Cause you go back to it and you're like, Oh, that's right. That's why I'm doing this. Oh, that's right. That's what I need to do. And it's like, that's totally normal. And every person on this planet has to have that in their life. Like no one who's successful is like, Oh, I can just magically get things done and I don't have to look at my goals and I don't have to know my numbers because I can just do it. Not one of them. Like every single person has some sort of plan, visualization, clarity. They look at their numbers. They do evaluations daily. They do evaluations monthly. Um, Brendan Burchard has a high performance habits journal that I absolutely love. It's just really just about getting in your own face and being like, what is it that we're doing here and where are we going and what's happening and what, you know what I mean? Just like being aware. So going back to the battle board to wrap this topic up, I know we've gone on a few tangents, but I think they're all really good tangents. Um, With the battle board, simply put, you guys can go to Staples. I bought one for $55 and it is massive. Um, So I thought that was a really good price. And then you put the months up, right, Francesca? And then tell us... So we we did our five-year. Okay, let's assume we did the five-year. We have some visions we want. We know what our why is. Maybe we don't know what exactly everything looks like. That's okay. But we know how we want to feel. Then you would say from that, do they jump to the 2020? And then like, tell us how that works. Like, are you going from like five years and starting from the furthest year back? Or do you go five years and then start at 2020 and work your way up? So what I do is like, once you have the five-year plan, um, I figure out, yeah, what are the three or four or five projects that I want to focus on for 2020? And so once you know the projects that you want to focus on... Knowing that they're going to help you reach the bigger. Exactly. Right? Knowing that they're going to help you towards that five-year result, then you will think, okay, so I mean, this is another whole process that like could take another podcast episode, but just to simplify it, like, okay, these are the three projects, like, how, what should I be doing every month to get a certain result? I think for you, we have like, monthly uh, money, like numbers to hit that are ideal, like we have a good, better, best situation. I think we have like, okay, it would be good if I hit this amount, it would be better if I hit this amount It would be best if I hit this amount. But to make it more simple, if I can just, I'll use my example of my book, right? So I know that by August, I want to have my first manuscript written because there's this um, list of agents that comes out on Writer's Digest. And so I just use that as a marker for myself to get my butt in gear, right? So I'm like, okay, if I want my manuscript to be done by August so that I could reach out to some people on that list, then how much time should I give myself to actually write it? And one of the writers that I follow, I think it's on one of their books or whatever, they say to give six weeks of breathing room for your book. So like once you write the book, you give it six weeks and then you revisit it and edit it. So I'm like, okay, say I spend two weeks editing it. What's six weeks before that? And then say I give myself three or four months to write the book, right? And so in my mind, I'm working backwards and then I landed on a date where I'm like, this is when I should start writing my book, Right. So now I know, okay, in this month, I'm starting to write my book. So on the battle board, let's just say I'm starting in January, right? Just to make it simple. So if I'm like, okay, I'm starting in January, then it's like in January, what tasks would I need to do to to support what I need to do in February, March, April, May? Like, it depends on like how your brain works. Like you could totally write the end result in August, finished manuscript. 
And then I could work backwards from there and like put, okay, I need to do this to do this to this. And then just work backwards on like, what tasks you need to do to create that result. I hope I'm explaining it, but it really is. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. It totally makes sense. Yeah. So then in January, for me, it probably would be like researching the topic or writing drafts or like interviewing people or like whatever the case may be. It's just you write and it doesn't have to be like set in stone. So you just write everything that you believe you need to do that month. And then if you realize in January, oh crap, you know what? I didn't realize I was supposed to do this instead. You just erase a few things. And then you write the new thing down. Or if you're like, this is taking longer than I was expecting, move some of those tasks to the next month. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's why it's in front of you because you're always going to be reflecting and looking daily on what you need to do that month. And then if you need to pivot or tweak things because you didn't calculate it the way that you thought, then you just erase it and move it somewhere else. So it's like a living document. I love this. Well, I know that we're running like way over. I do want to ask you a few more quick questions before I let you go. And I know we're also going to have you come back on the show to even kind of break this down more. We really just wanted to introduce the concept of time owning to everyone today versus like time management, introduce the theme days and battle board. But Francesca has been gracious enough to be willing to come back on to help us further because I think this is like such a huge help to entrepreneurs, especially as we're starting our business of just getting that clarity of like, what the heck does my schedule look like? Because I know for me, it's not that I don't know how to do my job. I just don't know the best order in doing my job. <laughs> and so you really help us give like you help give me clarity. Like I always joke, but I'm, I seriously mean it that like, you give me my sanity, Francesca, like seriously. <laughs> so and I, I just love what you said about clarity being so important as an entrepreneur, because then it gives us confidence in like what we're doing to actually hit our goals. And I do want to point something random out here for a second, but I think it applies. A few weeks back, I had a guest, Erica Mandy from the Newsworthy podcast on talking about her entrepreneur journey. And one thing she said that really has stuck with me is that she her business started to flourish when she stopped wasting time on self-doubt. And I think, you know, even having these plans like you're teaching us here and like Brenda Bouchard teaches entrepreneurs and all these people is that that clarity just helps us stop doubting ourselves because we do spend so much time just being like, can I do it? Will it work? And, and setting that aside and saying, no, I absolutely can do this, number one. And then number two, creating these like actual plans that you teach and coach entrepreneurs is like huge. So Anyways, I just wanted to point that out because I think really, I just want to encourage people to just set aside the self-doubt because it serves nobody and we just waste energy doubting ourselves. But then to kind of help the self-doubt, having these plans in place like actually makes us feel like, you know what? I can do this. So anyways, I just wanted to point that out. But um, I lastly want to ask you one of my favorite things because I know we're running short on time here. Um, but before I let you go, this is honestly like, there's so many things you've taught me, Francesca, that have changed my life. But the, if there's like one thing I could give a person that you've taught me that's seriously been like the biggest game changer is your done before one rule. Can you tell everyone what that is? Yes. Um, and that's another Brendan Bouchard thing that I learned. He's like been so instrumental in like a lot of things that I've been learning, but it's this concept of done by one. So this is now breaking it down to the daily level, right? So you have your battle board, you know what you're doing per month, and then it's up to you to figure out what you need to be doing on your theme days. And so the idea is that every day before 1 p.m., you need to have your most important things done. So it could be your top one, two, or three things. 
So for me, it's like, typically, I need to have a certain amount of writing done. Like that's my most important thing that I need done before one. And so yeah, I just I, th- I think it sounds cool. And so basically, like, I, I don't know which one it was for you. But it's like, okay, what two or three things do I need to get done before one? And that means turning off your phone, not letting notifications coming in, um, not allowing other things to distract you. I love this rule so much. And I think for me personally, it the first step is obviously sticking to that day's theme, right? Whatever that is, whether it's marketing, content, client day, whatever. Um, and then really like I have for me personally, I've mentally been telling myself like that my work day ends at one and it actually doesn't. But when I tell myself that then I'm hustling in a good way to like actually get things done and not be distracted and not check Instagram or do all those things. Then come one o'clock, I can like relax and either be done for the day if I need to go do personal things or just keep working on other things that I maybe didn't have planned because you know what I'm saying? Like there's something about mentally telling yourself you need to be done by one because before I did that, I didn't tell myself that and I got less done when I would allow myself to work till five or six, which is funny. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I, when I used to have full-time jobs, I got more done on on this work than I do now sometimes. So yeah, true. It's like sometimes having too much time is a curse, I swear. And that's like actually why I'm so excited I'm taking on clients now because it's really forcing me to actually stick to those theme days. And I actually feel like I'm getting more work done. Like you hear that I don't have children yet. I know you don't either. But moms who are entrepreneurs say that all the time. They're like, actually, I feel like I'm getting more work done because you learn how to be more efficient with the time you do have. Yeah. And you don't think too much or like doubt too much or like, yeah, you just (laughs) get it done. (laughs) Yeah. No, I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on and explaining to us about time owning versus time management and theme days and battle boarding and all the good, the good things. I know we're going to continue this conversation in another episode in the new year. But before you go, can you tell everyone where they can find you online and all the details? Yes, of course. So on Instagram, my handle is Francesca A. Phillips, F-R-A-N-C-E-S-C-A-A-P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S. And you can get a link to The Good Space, which is my mindfulness brand that I run. And then also my website, if you're interested in time optimization strategy session or copywriting or any of those things. Um, I also have blog posts on habits and time management and productivity, which kind of expands more on what we've talked about. And that's francescaphillips.co. So Francesca Phillips and then .co. Awesome. And I will link to everything Francesca just mentioned there and other things and people as well that she mentioned throughout the show in the show notes. So you guys can go to taylormorgan.us slash um, podcast, or you can just go to whatthefpodcast.com and find today's show notes with all of those links. Um, but thank you so much, Francesca, for coming on. This is a huge help. And I hope that people will start implementing time owning first time management. Thank you so much for having me on here. And it truly has been so wonderful working through these things with you because from when we started to now, just like your energy and like your power and your strength has just like magnetized and magnified by like 20 million times. And I know that even other people have noticed it. And so it's like a testament that like it really really gives you your sanity back when you have a plan and you have your clarity. And, you know, I want to encourage the person listening right now who 
you know, struggling to get their business going and struggling in their faith in themselves. Like, honestly, one set set aside the self-doubt. You can do it. That's number one. And number two is just have a plan in place. And once you create the plan, like you can rock and roll. And if you guys honestly do need help, call Francesca, like go to her website. Was it francescaphillips.co? FrancescaPhillips.co. I'm telling you, she's worth every freaking penny I've ever spent and more because (laughs) she truly does help. Like, this is something I need to be coached on. Like, I know I'm not good with time management or time owning. And, and this whole concept is just changing my game. And I, I'm just done wasting energy. I realize I've wasted so much energy just wondering if I can do it. And I'm done with that game. And I'm like, you know what? I can do it. I can do the things I want to do. I can build the courses I want to build. I can do it all. So it just feels good. And like, you really just help, you know, give everyone that clarity that we all need. So thank you for that. And honestly, you guys, if you need help, call Francesca. (laughs) Thank you. You're so sweet. I had so much fun and I always love talking to you. So I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to What The F Podcast. We would love to hear from you. Please take a second to leave a review in iTunes and let us know how you like the show. For more episodes, be sure to subscribe. For show notes for today's episode, visit our website at whatthefpodcast.com. If you'd like to suggest a topic for an upcoming show, reach out to us on Instagram at whatthefpodcast. Thanks for listening, and until next time, dwell in possibility, friends. And remember, anything is possible.